What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Cinema Gold. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Podcast with your host, Larry Lease. Come join us as Cinema Gold dives into the latest Hollywood films and news. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Cinema Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're doing our weekly review of The Office entitled Somehow I Manage. We are now on Season 7. So let's dive in as we break down season seven, give us giving our highs and lows of the season, our favorite moments, our favorite pranks. So join us as we enter the American workplace.
has been discussed and said about the decline of the office from the glory of season two and three. It was certainly evident in season five and season six, but this year there was one big shakeup that made all the difference. Knowing they only had one more year to play with the character Michael Scott seemed to reinvigorate and inspire the writing staff, especially towards the end of season seven. With a destination in sight, Michael was allowed to grow and mature in ways he'd never been before. It was an authentic progression, going from the bubbling, strange boss to the more mature, professional man in love. It was an authentic progression that did feel forced, because it played out gradually over the course of an entire season. That also proved to be disadvantages at times, though. With Carell's departure looming from the beginning of the season, it was tempting to speculate and look for signs that would ultimately lead to that moment. What could possibly make Michael leave the job that he loves and the people he considers his family behind? Would it even be his decision? These questions lingered in the background all season, giving more weight to stupid plot lines, like his bus ride to nowhere in the christening, than they otherwise have. It was hard to tell at times if the writers even knew themselves how they were going to write him off until just before he left. Well, now that we mentioned the christening, it reminds me that season seven wasn't completely great. I've always been a fan of the Jim and Pam relationship from the beginning. It says a lot that I consider an episode centered on them to be one of the worst of the series. Although not the worst, there's still that clip show from last year. Following the characters out of the office for personal reasons is always a tricky proposition, but Cece's baptism only seemed to cement the opinion of the Jim and Pam haters that the couple does nothing but drag the show down. Personally, I don't think it's the characters themselves, but the way they're handled by the writers. Those who appear to have no idea what to do with them anymore. At the other end of the spectrum, an episode like PDA showed that there are still fun places to go with them, like the storage closet. As much as those writers tried to make Aaron Andy the new Jim and Pam, I was never able to get invested in them as a couple. This season, they threw Aaron together with Gabe to increase the tension and create a new love triangle for Andy. But since it came out of nowhere, I couldn't buy that either. I will say that I like all of them as individual characters. Andy's got some great material, including an episode devoted to his community theater production of Sweeney Todd. One of my big disappointments this season was that they dismissed Gabe without so much as a hint that he might be the Scranton Strangler. I've been following that thread all season and was hoping for some resolution, especially considering the dark places they took him in the last few episodes. However, when Season 7 was good, it was real good. We got three Threatment Level Midnight, which is probably one of my favorites of the season and series, to be truth. It was a real treat for longtime fans to get to see this movie we've been hearing about since way back in Season 2. The inside jokes, the old characters who came back to be in it, and the sheer cheesiness of it were a delight. It was also a departure from the usual office shenanigans, but in this case, a most welcome one. When it aired, I thought it would have been a great send-off for Michael. 
that was before I saw Garage Sale and Goodbye Michael. Those two episodes did so much more to further Michael's development into a fully formed grown-up and sent him off into the sunset with Holly, as I'd hoped they would. His final episode struck just the right tone, mixing emotional, tear-filled farewells with the silly, earnest humor that Carell pulls off so well. That is, the last words would be, that's what she said, was expecting and fitting, but to have it be silent after taking off his microphone was inspired. I wouldn't have minded if the season and perhaps the entire series had ended right there. But it didn't end. It carried right along with Will Ferrell. Not the best part of the series. His four-episode arc was okay. We got to know the character of D'Angelo Vickers little by little. He didn't really shine, though, until after Michael was gone. With with Ferrell and Carell played off of each other well, but ultimately felt a little crowded with two strong but similar leads competing for laughs. I can understand why they designed Will Ferrell's arc the way they did, partially to ease the audience through the transition to a post-Carell office, but in hindsight, I think it was a misstep. Introducing D'Angelo when they did just muddied the emotions of Michael's exit, and it ended up doing both actors a disservice. Will Ferrell's two episodes after Goodbye Michael used his talents far more successfully. He was but one of the major stars to join the show this season. Before season six, the show never relied on stunt casting to bring in viewers, as other shows have, and when it did, they usually played themselves. But with Kathy Bates coming on board last year as Joe Bennett, the gates were open for more celebrity stars, and this season was filled with them. Early on, we got Timothy Oliphant, office creator Ricky Gervais, Will Arnett, James Spader, Ray Romano, Catherine Tate, and Jim Carrey. However, after watching the last few episodes of the season, it's clear the office can survive without Steve Carell. That cast has come together over the course of the past seven seasons as a solid ensemble. With good storylines and juicy comedic opportunities, they are more than capable of carrying the show without a big name at the top of the credits. And now we're going to take a short break. Right now we'd like to thank one of our sponsors, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members can get one credit to pick any new title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, as well as access to daily news digests, such as the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. The good folks at Audible are offering a 30-day free trial with one free audiobook. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com slash cinemagold. That's audibletrial.com slash cinemagold. Thank you, and let's get back to the rest of the episode. Now let's hand out some dundies. But first we're going to go through some of our favorite cold openings, favorite episodes, favorite moments. 
So probably, obviously, the best cold opening of the season is actually the first episode, Nepotism. Lip dubbing became a big deal after the release of Vimeo, an app that allows viewers to create and edit their own videos. The Office jumped on the lip dub fad in the episode Nepotism. The cold open begins with Andy in the elevator singing Nobody But Me by the Human Beings. The cameras follow him into the office where his co-workers have jumped on the bandwagon and are also singing and dancing along. The video was highly choreographed and involved magic. Creed on guitar, Dwight with a knife, and as always, a classic argument between Kelly and Ryan mid-song. It was probably one of the most upbeat cold opens The Office ever had. And the number two best cold opening is Sex Ed, where Dwight hires Nate to take care of the hornet's nest. Who is this guy by our cars? That is my new maintenance worker, Nate. And you'll be happy to know that he's taking care of that hornet's nest that you've been griping about. I got stung up my dress. Poor hornet. I've left him all the tools he needs. This is do or die. If he chooses correctly, he'll conquer the hornets. And if he doesn't? He'll die. What? Uh, beg your pardon? When did the phrase do or die become so corrupted? Is that a blowtorch? No. No, 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 no. no. Interesting choice. Oh, yes. Very, very smart. Walking away. Go away. No! Oh, 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 no, no, no! What is he doing? Oh, they're stinging him! No, 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 no! The third best cold open comes from Woof.com. It's when the power and server went off. The office is stuck trying to figure out the server password, which ends up being Big Boobs with a Z. You know what? It made me laugh when I heard it, but Pam got really offended. Big Boobs. Trauma coin? No Z? You're typing big boobs? I'm trying everything. Try big boobs with a Z. That's the password we're in. And then following that is the ultimatum, where after returning to the office on a Saturday to retrieve his phone, Jim stumbles upon Dwight's neighborhood watch meeting in the conference room. And then of course you can't forget the cold opening from the viewing party, where the strangler has escaped his house, and the Scranton branch is watching him on the news and out the window as they see him go passing by. Michael then grabs dirt from the road. And now here's our top five episodes of season seven. First we got Ultimatum. There's some decent parts in this one, like when Andy, Daryl, and Dwight go to the bookstore and the roller rink, and also Creed tries to do a cartwheel. But most of the episode revolves around the fact that Holly did not carry through with their Ultimatum and Michael responsively acting very childish. It's not the best episode. Also, Pam's New Year's resolution chart proved too much for The Office to handle, but I feel like more could have come from that to make it more entertaining. Holly does break up with AJ at the very end of the episode, so you know big things are coming in the future for her and Michael. Then, at number four, is Nepotism. This is an okay way of kicking off the seventh season, the opening where the office lip dubs Nobody But Me is a top five office opening. Most of the op- episode revolves around Michael giving his nephew, who he hired, serious favored treatment, which led to some pretty funny moments, especially the spanking scene. Dwight's pee corner was also a funny part of the episode, where he and Pam, apparently also known as the Bart Simpson of Scranton, are stuck on the elevator after a prank gone wrong. 
Perhaps the most interesting and surprising thing about the episode is the fact that Aaron is now dating Gabe instead of Andy. That came out of nowhere, and you just know it will lead to some good scenes in the future. And of course, at number three, Threat Level Midnight. Truthfully, I got no idea how to rank this one. It's completely different than any other episode. After working on it for four years, he's finally ready to show Threat Level Midnight to the office staff. And it's actually pretty entertaining. It has several funny parts, such as Michael doing the scar dance, Toby being killed off, as well as others. And since production of the movie took place over many years, I also like how it featured former office characters we hadn't seen in a while, such as Jane and Karen. It was a fun episode and a great way to mix things up. But ultimately, I'm going to favor the more traditional style episodes over this one for my rankings. And number two is Viewing Party. This is one of those episodes that takes place outside of the office. For the majority of the time, taking place at Gabe's apartment for a Glee viewing party. It has some small, funny parts in it that make it a solid episode. Michael's immaturity, Andy swallowing the seahorse stuff, and the Gleeks all contribute to this episode in a good way. And while Michael is immature for 95% of the episode, he realizes at the end that Aaron looks to him as a father figure since she grew up an orphan and starts to act a part. That was a cool moment that shows Michael really is a good, caring person underneath his immature exterior. I have to call it probably the best episode of the season is Dwight Kate Schrute, acting manager. We learn that D'Angelo is in a coma and won't return as boss, so the office needs an acting manager for the time being. When Jim turns it down, Dwight definitely does not and takes drastic measures around the office, which are fairly entertaining, but horrendous to work under. The moment most memorable scene is when Dwight accidentally fires the gun in the office. Andy's temporary deafness in one year was pretty funny when he pretended it was much worse, calling himself a gunshot victim. And, of course, the reign of Dwight as manager ended there once Joe Bennett found out leaving viewers heavily anticipating what is next when it shows Creed taking over as acting manager. It's a solid 22 minutes, especially given the fact you're still trying to adjust without Michael being there. But then, to be fair, you really have two top episodes. The one that takes the cake for season episode or season 7 is Goodbye Michael. This one is tough to watch for all the right reasons. It's very emotional as it's Michael's last day, and he says his individual goodbyes to everyone. At this point, the office employees feel like your co-workers, so seeing your fun-loving, eccentric boss leave is very hard. There were some funny moments in this episode, such as Gabe's jealous and revengeful behavior, and some of Michael's gifts to his employees. But mostly it was a build-up to the inevitable last scene that you wanted to delay so badly. And when it arrived... Man, was it tough to watch. Michael and Jim's interaction in Michael's office was very emotional, as well as the silent goodbye with Pam at the airport after he took off his microphone for the last time. I dread watching this episode every time, but you can't deny how well it was done. It portrayed very well the maturity that Michael has gained over the last season or so and how it was just time for him to move on to gain the things he's always aspired to have throughout the show. It's the end of an era. So now, our Dundee for Worst Cold Opening is the episode Todd Packard. 
and Todd Packer, the episode opens with Dwight eating canned goods in the break room. He told the camera crew that he has a well-stocked survival shelter, but the food has a shelf life and is going bad. The only way for him to eat it all was to bring it into the office. The entire situation was very on-brand for Dwight, but overall random and not that funny. The worst episode of Season 7 was Christening. One could argue a Michael Scott episode has no business being in a top 10 worst list, but this one is kind of redundant and a bit obnoxious. It's also a rare example of an unworthy field trip episode. Michael invites everyone to the christening of Jim and Pam's cute daughter, Cece. The boss also tries to play Godfather, and by the end of the show is volunteering to head to Mexico with a youth ministry and a nerd dog. Why? Because Michael falls in love with religion during the proceedings. Everyone's so nice. This is an admittedly on-point development. The best episode of season 7. Truly the best episode, like I previously said, was Goodbye Michael. It's a sentimental choice. It's Steve Carell's final appearance as Michael Scott until his cameo in the series finale. A stupid man for his entire run as manager of Dunder Mifflin and stays true to form, concocting a ludicrous goodbye that winds up being perfect and heartfelt. Michael tells everyone he's leaving tomorrow, but today is really his final day. Jim figures it out, and of course, has a final handshake with the guy he once despised and now calls the best boss I've ever had. So I've been meaning to tell you, I want to take you out for lunch for your last day. Oh. What do you think? Tomorrow? Lunch? You and me? Okay. You're not leaving tomorrow. You're leaving today, right? Maybe. Wow, so that's it, huh? Just four o'clock and you are gone for good. Why am I so sad? Am I doing the wrong thing? Absolutely not. It's just that sometimes goodbyes are a bitch. <laughs> T-shirt idea. Goodbye, stink. Okay. All right. So, James Halpert. You started with this company? As a fine young man. You know what I think we should do? I think we should just say the goodbyes for tomorrow. At lunch. Oh. Okay. And then tomorrow... I can tell you <clears throat> what a great boss you turned out to be. Best boss I ever had. Oh, shoot. That's my cab. All right. All right. Listen, Michael, I, I really, I did text Pam, but. I know. It's okay. <clears throat> Just give her a hug. All right. I will see you tomorrow at lunch. I am looking forward to lunch. And hearing about what a great boss I am. <laughs> you got it. And the best moment of season seven comes from the B-plot of the episode China. 
Pam threatens to move the branch to another office if Dwight doesn't stop using his power as the owner of the building. She talks to Jim about her fear and failing as a new office administrator, if she failed as an artist and a salesperson. At the end of the episode, Dwight lets Pam win their standoff. Although Dwight says he didn't let her win out of compassion, we see footage of him overhearing her conversation with Jim and smiling as she sees how happy she is in his rearview mirror after her victory over him. It's one of the most heartwarming character dynamics in the office. Was Dwight realizing that Pam is his best friend? And best character is season 7? For the last time, it has to be Michael Scott. You get to see him come full circle. From a bumbling boss who doesn't really know what he's doing, to now becoming a man who knows what he really wants, finding the girl of his dreams, and decides to move to Colorado to be with her. And the Dundee for Best Prank, Season 7, is when Jim tricks Dwight into thinking the office was mounting an insurrection against him after he becomes acting manager by putting up notices for a group called The Fist and talking about a mission called Operation Overthrow. So that is all I have for this review of Season 7 of The Office. What are your thoughts about this season? What are your favorite moments? Your favorite pranks? Your favorite character moments? Let us know. Send us a tweet on Twitter at CinemaGold2. At CinemaGold, the number 2. Or send us a voice message at 682-305-0483. That's 682-305-0483. And give us your thoughts and be featured on an upcoming episode. Thank you, and see you tomorrow. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.